and we are live. Good morning, afternoon, or good evening to you, wherever you are tuning in from around the world. Let me just check my sound settings to make sure everything's working, and it is. Welcome, everyone, to the Bullish Bitcoin channel. I am Brian, the UK Bitcoin master. If you are regular, you know all this stuff. But if you are new to the channel, every Monday and every Thursday here in the United Kingdom at 6 p.m., I go live and I just rant about Bitcoin. But if you are new to all of this, here's a disclaimer. Don't take anything I say as any type of financial advice. Don't take anything I say as giving you an int you know, a hint as to what you should go and do. Just take what I say and my guests say as not financial advice, but enough to make you do some research to draw your own conclusions as to whether you want to get in and get yourself some Bitcoin or whether you don't. So this disclaimer down, whoops, here, over here, as always happens, is really, really important. It's gone. <clears throat> if you're new to the channel, always check out UKBitcoinMaster.com. That has got all of my videos on it. I think this is number 453, excluding any bullish bits that are up there. And also Bitcoin interviews is where you'll find all the interviews that I've done to date, including this one after the event. So do check them out. There's loads of information there. There's enough content over there for anyone to get a real good understanding of why Bitcoin. And that really is the ethos of my show, along with Buy some, get it offline onto a hardware device and then stop looking at charts, get on with life and enjoy your life. Smell the roses, do what we all do, go to work, tend your garden, go out with your kids, go on holiday, do the things that we're put on this earth to do. And it's not watching charts unless you're a trader, uh, of course. Very, very quickly, let's see who we've got in the chat, as I always do, if I can get the right trackpad working. Yorkie Bitcoiner can't be with us. He's working, so he's on catch up. Proud Zionist Jew, aka Adam Meister, is in the house. Welcome, Adam. JC Borter coming in from South Africa. My lovely wife, Elaine, Mrs. UK, is with us. Dave Shackelford coming in from Phoenix in Arizona. Vinny Rondo coming in from Staten Island. Good to see you, uh, Vinny. Just going down the list. Lance Hoddlers, Willis, Barefoot Barry from New Zealand. I don't want to miss anybody. Stacking Richie is with us. Peter Connor. Hey, good to have you in the house. I haven't seen you here before. So if you are new, don't forget to subscribe. And twice a week, I'll give you some bullish Bitcoin conversation. That is it. Enough said. Let's get on with the show. Before I bring in Jason, my live guest, what I always do is pop over to the desktop. Let's have a look at what's going on with the price. You can see we're under that 20K mark, but it's like, so what? The reason I'm showing you this is not because of price. It is because if you've got a spare dollar lying around, you can get over 5,000 Satoshis for your money. That is the key. That is killing unit bias. When somebody says, I can't afford to get any Bitcoin, ask them if they've got a spare dollar, uh, pound if you're here in the UK, and explain to them about Satoshis. That's the real key and the real reason I wanted to put this up. OK, what else have we got? Let's get rid of that. Quick shout out to Bitcoin Racing. Again, I'm a big fan. I've also I'm a member of their Satoshi Club, uh, a, 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 a company, a racing team that travels the UK 5000 miles a year, I believe, something like that. 
promoting Bitcoin. You can see the cars. You can see the El Salvador flag on the side. They're sanctioned by the El Salvador and um, whatever you call it. I can't. In the UK, there's something it's called something. My mind's completely gone. Embassy. I think that's what. Right. Um, but, you know, they're a fantastic crowd. I met a couple of them at the Bitcoin adventure um, several weeks ago. Really, really great guys. Follow them on Twitter, people. I think that's a really good thing to do. Um, and they'll let you know where they're at. Many of us are going to Silverstone, uh, the home of Formula One um, in October to support them. I think there's well over 115 uh, people have now committed and have got tickets. They're going to go for that. So getting pretty excited about that. If you want to, you can also become a member by spending a one-off £10 for the El Hoddle Club or the Satoshi Club that I'm in, where you can actually get your logo put on the cars. And if you look at this picture, and I want to show this because it's my show, and if I it's my show, and I want to do that, I will. So there you go. There is my UK Bitcoin Master YouTube logo on the back of the car. So there's a little bit of promo going on every time those cars go out on track, particularly for those cars that are behind them, which I uh, really really love. Um, if you have, if you're not aware of the Edinburgh. Bitcoin conference coming up on the 21st and 22nd of October. You should be, you know, when you take a look at some of the incredible speakers that are coming over. Jeff Booth has been on this show. Natalie Brunel, Greg Foss, James Lavish, Larry Lapard has been on uh, with me. I've also had Danny from Coin Corner. Peter McCormack's going to be there. Amongst others, Margot, Samson, Mel. There's just a whole A-list of people and you don't really want want to miss out on this incredible um, event. If you follow uh, the Bitcoin Collective on Twitter, of course, you'll get any updates uh, there. And finally, I don't run this show for any type of financial gain, but people reach out to me all the time. Look, you don't have enough subscribers on YouTube. How can we drop you a tip? Well, there's three SATs addresses there. If you don't want to get rid of your precious SATs, there is a buy me a cup of coffee uh, um, QR code and an address if you want to buy me a coffee. You don't have to do any of that, people. It is simply there it is if somebody wants to drop a tip. OK, that is that all out of the way. That only leaves me with one thing to do. I'm going to introduce you to uh, my good friend, Jason. Actually, we always say good friend. This is the first time we met at the Bitcoin conference. We were talking about this um, in the green room, but we didn't get a chance to actually catch up and talk in person. So we've had a good chat um, beforehand before we went live. But Jason uh, is a Bitcoiner and we'll dig into that. He's also a chief Bitcoin analyst at Quantum Economics. Um, I've just been and checked this out. He's been on Coindesk on interviews on Radio 4 here in the UK. I think I saw Bloomberg amongst others. He's got his own Bitcoin mining operation um, overseas. And I wanted to say, and I'll get Jason in the green room in a second, but I wanted to say Siberia, but I can't think if that was right or if that wrong, but he will put me right uh, for sure. So here's what I would say. You got to go and follow Jason on Twitter. Um, his Twitter um, address, is that right, is already in the show notes. So you can go into the show notes afterwards and you can follow Jason. So without further ado, I would like to welcome Jason Dean from the UK to my show. Jason, good to have you in the house. 
Oh, it's it's lovely to be here, Brian. It really is. I feel quite honoured and privileged to be on your uh, on your show. Oh, dear, uh, don't, genuinely. don't embarrass me, man. Please don't oh, embarrass no, me. I wasn't trying to embarrass you. No, I mean, you, you've had some great guests. And actually, I've been through some of your shows and had a look at them. And uh, they, they've, they've really been really good, some of them. So I, I feel very privileged to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, it is great to have you in the house. I'm just... Oh, hang on a second. My lovely wife is saying I've got something connected that i need to unconnect but she's also going to tell me what your sound is like shortly i'm sure but for now it is great to have you here sir um the ethos of the show really is i always say a a before then a discovery and then an after and we can have a good riff i think they call it abroad um around that and that is you know talking about maybe your background before bitcoin was around what did you do how did you find Bitcoin? You know, what were your initial thoughts around it? You know, we had a, a quick chat in the green room about how I discovered it. I got what we call the phone call. I'm very intrigued to know how you discovered it. But for now, for our audience, maybe because I'm trying to build this this uh, library of people's different backgrounds. You know, when we say that Bitcoin is for everyone, whether you're a decent, honourable citizen, whether you're a criminal, Bitcoin is for everyone. And I'm not for one minute intimating you're a criminal, but what I am intimating is let's find out, Jason, what you did for work, etc., before you discovered Bitcoin. It's not for me, it's for the audience, and you've got the mic. Okay. Right. Okay. So let's... Um, so I can actually summarize it quite the first part quite quickly. Um, so basically, we started off uh, at uni, did a management degree, later sort of changed to specialize into law. So um, that was the kind of became my main area of interest. Then when I left uni, I realized that law involved um so i went into marketing which is considerably easier uh and uh worked cable and wireless for a while then a a, a little software company called microsoft that you <laughs> may have heard of um and that that really was you know it was going sort of a standard route i guess um yeah. until around 2000 or, or sort of late 90s really when i started opening it internet cafes and game zones uh, here okay. in the home counties actually areas that you know because i know you're from this area okay, okay. uh so including one in reading but you know slough uh, uh sorry not slough um guildford and yep. um and richmond okay. anyway so that was all progressing as it was so i then left microsoft and did this full time for a few years and, and had some fun with that then um this is where it all started to change because sometime in 2000 we think it's late 13 early 14 i was actually on the train from reading um heading back to woken away uh yeah. and i found this article and it was talking about this digital coin which uh i actually misread as brit coin for some reason <laughs> I, don't, I don't know i don't know why i did that yeah. but um but then i had it in my head that it was called Bitcoin. so every time i read this word in the article it was Bitcoin. And um, and I didn't really understand it, of course, and I couldn't even read it right, clearly. And uh, so uh, when I got home, I started researching, then realized it was called Bitcoin. Um, but in those days, and you might remember this or some of the viewers might remember this, but, you know, anything you researched about Bitcoin at that time was either very badly written, very badly researched or very technical or just extremely negative yeah. so um yeah. i i couldn't make head or tail of it i didn't know anyone who knew anything about it uh and it kind of after a while just kind of 
gave up uh, on the whole thing, but it stuck in my mind and I couldn't quite get rid of it. Um, so every now and again, I came back did a little bit more reading about it and still none the wiser really. But finally around sort of late 16, um, I thought I've really got to learn this because a couple of people started talking about it. So I tried to buy style. I didn't know how to do it, uh, and made a bit of a mess of it. Uh, and actually it was not until early 17 that I finally bought, uh, my first Bitcoin. And I do remember a pretty well same time as me then, Jason. Yeah, there's a lot of us, I think, who in that sort class of, of 2017, era, yeah. Yeah, but we do have the same journey, right? You've probably been poking it with a stick for a while before that. Um, and I do remember apologising to my other half and saying, look, I'm sorry, I'm so late into the game. I just, I left it so late. Um, which, <laughs> of course, that one, knowing what we know now. to another half that you're late into the game. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Most of us have and, got to convince our other halves is a good deal. <laughs> yeah. But, but honestly, I, I mean, I really thought I, I was late. And I think everyone who gets in, you know, yep. starts thinking about Bitcoin, yep. I think, oh, it's way too yep. late. Because it isn't. And this is a very important thing for people to understand, even if you're looking at Bitcoin for the first time. And stress how early it is. Um, you know, this thing really hasn't even started yet. We're still in the dial-up days uh, yeah. of, of Bitcoin. So really important to understand that. But anyway, that was that was it really. I, I, and I think my story is pretty much the same as everyone else's because you discover it, you have no idea what it is, uh, and then you try and work it out. You try and find a data source. Sometimes it's a good one. You, you move on and learn with it. Sometimes it's a bad one that can knock you sideways for a while. Yeah. And, you know, as time went on, I became more and more interested in helping people get started with yep. Bitcoin and un yep. understanding it. And that's what I probably spend most of my time doing now. Um, so, so, I love it. So, I so if I can just interject for a moment. So when you discovered it, um, did you did you say you had a couple of touch points? Because for me, you know, I didn't have any touch points. It was a phone call. Um, we were living in the Canary Islands. I got a phone call from a friend in Stoke-on-Trent, actually an old business colleague. And for two hours, he ranted about it. And I didn't understand a word he was saying. But everything he was saying was just making me fizz. I was fizzing with excitement. And my lovely wife who's in the chat. She'll 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 back this up. And she was rolling her eyes because I'm, I'm I guess I'm a bit of a serial entrepreneur is I'll have a go at things. I end up losing money for us. And uh, then, you know, you sort of dust yourself down and you go again. And, you know, I said, oh, this Bitcoin, I've got to get some. And I, I could almost feel her thinking, here we go again. <laughs> So were you sceptical? Were you negative? Or did you think this looks interesting? Let's do some research. I mean, how was that for you? Because I wasn't even sceptical or negative. I just wanted to jump in all over it. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that wasn't the case for me, certainly, because, as I say, you know, that article was, was the first thing I saw in a newspaper. You remember yeah. old-fashioned newspapers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, it, it, I, unfortunately, the, my research wasn't wasn't good. I ended up actually listening to people like Peter Schiff and uh, Noel Rabinia, you know, because I searched for economist point of view and all that kind of stuff, and so that's what kind of cost me a lot of time and probably yep. ultimately a lot of lot of yep. money, I suppose. Certainly, some Bitcoin, which is more important. Um, so yeah, it, I had to keep coming back to it because then I got it into my head. Well, maybe maybe this is a load of load of old crap. <laughs> Yep. You know, maybe it isn't something yep. worthwhile. Yep. So then I had to actually, then it was harder 
because then your touch points, you're tainted with that sort of confirmation bias, aren't you, that this is no good. So you have to sort of work sort of proactively at it to get over that. Yeah. So it took me a bit longer, um, I, I would say, uh, as a result of that. And I did have to have several touch points. But once I made that decision, just took me a lot longer than you. You obviously got it quicker than I did. Took me you know, a couple of years to suddenly think, right, I don't care. I'm going to work this thing out one way or another. And I'm going to buy a little bit and I'm going to learn it and I'll do it myself. I have to. And, you know, that that was that was the uh, thing. Well, you know, I, I, you know, some people have called it reckless, but, you know, we're all made differently. And me, if I get a gut feeling about something, you know, I tend to not dip my toe in. I go all in and say, well, if it don't work, you dust yourself down and you go again. And as my friend called me, everything he was talking about, he was trying to explain money. And of course, I, I'm like most people. I didn't understand money. You know, if somebody said to me, what is money? I'd get a 20 pound note out and say, there it is. You know, well, now we know fiat, currency, you know, money, layered money. Nick Bartier, I've read it, you know, lays it all out for you. Um, so most people, you know, I, I, all I thought was I've got to get into this and I've got to get every single scrap I can before, before this thing goes off to the moon. And of course, I remember because I didn't understand it. I was calling all of my family back in the UK and saying, you've got to get some, you've got to get some. Of course, by this time, we were going into the run-up. We had the, you know, the, the, the forking wars and we had the yeah. Segwit 2X stuff going on as well. And I was saying, this thing's going to a million and you've got to buy something, you've got to do it now. Of course, loads of them bought in at the top. Ouch. Uh, and then yeah. I find Bitcoin Meister, a.k.a. Adam Meister. I find Andreas Antonopoulos and they're the two content creators that I followed and delved in and listened and learned. And and here I am, you know, I've gone through, you know, I've done a whole cycle now and a bit, you know, and now you sort of got to keep your firm feet on the ground and try to get your family to understand that if a dollar cost average, you know, you're going to buy some high, you're going to buy some low, but ultimately you're, you're going to you get a better average and you're going to do okay over time. Um, so I sort of jumped into it. What I guess I want to know now is, so you started eventually accumulating Bitcoin. What was the time frame really before you jumped into mining? Because correct me if I'm wrong, you've got a mining operation. And I remember you, I introduced you when you did your slot at the Bitcoin Adventure. And I just can't remember where it was. And I'm, I'm something's telling me Siberia. Am I wrong or am I right? It, it is Siberia. On. So, yeah, well, actually, that that jump was quite quick because um, okay. I say it took me a long time to get there. But like you, once I decided that's what we're going to do, that that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm in it. And yep. of course, remember, I still had some of the Internet cafes. I'd sold some off by this point, but I still had some of the Internet cafes. So we realized um, that we could we could do mining with the downtime of the computers. So actually, I was, it was a sort of a very young friend of mine. He said, well, actually, I can do a little bit of code for you so that uh, when the machines are not in use, they'll run 24-7, they will mine using the graphics cards. Mm. And um, as soon as a customer sits down and moves the mouse, it will just disappear and they can carry on using it as normal. And so we set this up. Yep. But of course, I, I realized pretty early on that I'd missed the the boat in terms of bitcoin mining because we'd already passed gpu stage um so it was already on to you know the specialist boxes the ASICs. Asic, yeah yep. so 
Yeah, so we could only mine other coins and then turn it into Bitcoin through things like NiceHash, those yep. sort of guys. So that was that was a great start, and it was a really nice way to use the computer um, uh, downtime. But then I thought, well, I want to I want to yeah, make this a bit bigger. Um, so we spent a few quid and built us, uh, you know, our first rig, which was called Big Blue, because we put completely unnecessary blue LEDs on the front on the fans, <laughs> so it looked cool. Um, and that was a yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we thought it's got to look cool at the same time, right? Uh, and um, and it had twelve ten eighty Ti's in, so it was a pretty decent uh, uh, rig. Uh, and then we hired some offices that actually had electricity included um in in the in the higher fee wow uh, we got away with that for a couple of months before you wouldn't have got away with it for very long would you <laughs> no no i mean we were upfront about it don't be don't, don't get me wrong we did say this is what we're doing and they, and they thought and they didn't understand they said yeah it'll be fine you know but after a couple of months they they did ask us to uh, to go away um which we did and um so i tried running at home which heated the entire house uh, and i had to run it over a couple of mains rings as well but that's um, the, that's the but, innovations that racing towards us they're now looking at all this heat from the miners how that can actually be utilized aren't they I just, and it is being used part of it that, mind-blowing to me yeah, I mean, you, you remember my talk at uh, the Bitcoin adventure was, yep. was about the environmental impact of Bitcoin. Yep. Actually, how surprisingly this is going to turn into probably one of the biggest advantages we've ever had in, in, in fighting climate change and controlling power grids. No one expected that. Yeah. Um, even the people have now realized that's the case. And, and, and people like myself, I could only see that power consumption going up and it being a bad thing. But that is not actually the case. It's the reverse. We're now learning. Um, but also the heat is being reused. There's lots of examples now of people heating uh, swimming pools, running yeah. greenhouses on yeah. industrial scales sometimes. And if you dig into that and you learn about that, it is absolutely fascinating, isn't it? You know, I'm, I'm just looking at it, I guess, on the surface, if you will. But when you think those rigs, you can then use that heating for heating or all sorts of things. That to me is like... That's just another rabbit hole within a rabbit hole, isn't it? And where do you stop learning about this stuff? And the innovation and the excitement and the making the world a cleaner place and blah, blah, blah. That's just me being basic. Making everything a, a better place, good for climate change. It's like uh, sometimes um, it's in here, but I don't know how to get it out of here. But this is <laughs> going to explode with it all. It's so exciting, isn't it? Do you know what you've used exactly the right word that was the word i was going to use it is exciting yeah. um i mean you know i'm 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 a little bit younger than you um but i was around for the start of the internet um and i was very excited about that as a young man and seeing this develop and that's why i ended up microsoft and part of my role was actually helping people adopt the internet yep. and we forget there was quite a lot of resistance to it at the time you know it's crazy to think now but yeah. people were like you know yeah. you're never going to use it it's too yeah. complicated only students terrorists will use it to communicate it's a bad thing oh blah 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 <laughs> we forget all this um because we're all using it now but i was very excited about that and now as a man in my 50s i'm 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 even more excited about the possibilities that bitcoin can provide in solving the global monetary problems ultimately yep. but also the fact that we can now realistically have a good crack at solving some of the environmental problems and and certain power wastage problems which are quite significant um and the more you get into that you can't help but thinking i really want to be involved with it i really want to make those 
I um I was watching a podcast the other night. I, I can't think who it was. It might have been BTC Benny, BTC Sessions, and they there was the, the he had his Why Are We Bullish show, and they were talking about the most exciting thing out there right now is mining and what it can do for the world. You know, Bitcoin's great for me. I don't know how to to, to get it out from here out of here, but I feel like Bitcoin's a done deal now. Okay, we know, you know, we're at that. They're going to fight a stage. We know that, but I don't think it's anything can stop it. And I think to me, that's a done deal. It's now what by mining Bitcoin we can do to make the world a better, cleaner place is it's massive, isn't it? Massive. You know, why, it, it, are, why are companies and corporations spending hundreds of millions on mining warehousing you know i mean there has to be a reason it's just fascinating and it's just a tip of the iceberg <laughs> well it is and i mean the the operation in in siberia in okusk actually in siberia i was out there uh at the end of last year and of course now with the the situation in ukraine that and you know i'm not going to be able to go out there uh again yep possibly ever actually mm. i mean um but of course it's all it's all controlled remotely uh it, it works um sort of independently i'm just a small part of uh you know lots of people who've, who've, who've got equipment over there um so uh but that operation was great to see because that actually uses it's a brilliant example actually it's next to the the, the baikal lake area and the, the tributaries that feed that and there's a big uh, um, hydro down there and that was built for uh, the aluminium industry in the area yeah. uh, and of course that uses a huge amount of power and over the years that was scaled down and there's all this excess power so uh, basically it's the power it's being wasted yeah. so um, you know move here that's how all of that came about and that's a great example of power being generated just wasted otherwise um, but as a result of that, you know, that's where I really learned about ASIC mining and how it works and how you can overclock and things you can and can't do and should and shouldn't do. And that's other projects. Um, so I'm now involved in where we've acquired some land and access to a power station there. We're just we're building, uh, hopefully building that out by the end of this year. And also um, another project in uh, Costa Rica and uh, some other possibilities currently in, in the pipeline. And they're all very exciting projects and they're either fed by new renewable energy or by um, existing energy, uh, which is being wasted or can be used to stabilize the grid. And Texas actually is a great, great example about yes. Of, yes. of that. Yeah, I mm. guess you've been following that story. Over yes. Yes. Have this year. It, it, I don't know. I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying, and you know, I, I, I'll say it again. We all, we all come to this for different reasons. Um, I'm just a regular guy that just wants to have a better financial future for my kids, grandkids, great grandkids, and so on. I just feel that you know my part in this is just accumulating what I can and ensuring there's an overlap for when we leave this mortal coil, so that our descendants can have a better life. I can't even comprehend what you're doing, Jason. But of course we're all different, you know, and you've got to go off and do what works for you in terms of the innovation, your businesses, etc. That just goes way, 
over the top of my head. But you know what? That is what I love about this space. We can mm. all come in into it for the reasons we want to come into it, if that makes sense. So yeah. whilst we're talking about the mining and everything else, let's have a conversation then around what you discussed at the Bitcoin Adventure, which is where we're at with this narrative of Bitcoin is boiling the oceans and everything else. And and I, I'm aware I watch I watch um I listen to Darren Feinstein, you know, I watch the sailor and the, the Bitcoin um what do we call it? The mining council and how the narratives all spun all wrong. But I mean that that is that is a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Hang on, I want to get it. That is like something that's got to play out, just like Bitcoin. People getting Bitcoin, it's also got to play out where people get these aha moments about the mining. Of course, you know you don't need to be anybody with half a uh, you know a brain to you know think to yourself, Exxon Mobil, they're starting to get into Bitcoin in. I think it's flaring. Is it mining using the flaring, flared gas or something? So I guess what I want from you, because of that's your field, where are we at with that narrative and how do you see that playing out? And is this going to be a decade, two decade long thing? What do you think is going to be a catalyst for change? Crikey, there's a lot to unpack, but I want you to talk. <laughs> okay, there is quite a lot to unpack here. So let's 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 answer the first part of the question. Where are we with that narrative? Yeah. Right. I, as you probably know, I just came back from holiday in America. Just got back yesterday, actually. Yep, yep. And um, I was in a, a shop and I, someone mentioned Bitcoin. And of course, you know, it's like when you're a Bitcoin. It's like, oh, someone mentioned Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and we had a, like, a two-minute conversation. And he said, I've just got one question. You, you said you did some mining. So um, is it true that Bitcoin is really bad for the environment? Yeah. And that kind of summed it up for me because... At the moment, it, there's like a lag, isn't there? It takes time for everything sort of large scale. You think how long it's taken for Bitcoin level of acceptance, and there's still a long way to go on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Bitcoin mining, of course, which most people don't understand, um, is, which is fair enough because it's quite a complicated thing going on behind the scenes that most of us don't need to get involved with. That's, that's the reality. I should point out, by the way, to anyone listening to this, that you you know, with, with mining, this is not something you need to be involved with. This is what the network does behind the scenes. You can get involved if you like, but you don't have to do it. Yep. Um, so it's a bit like driving a car, right? You don't have to know how the engine works. You just turn it on, you go. Yep. <laughs> so yep. you don't have to get involved like that. with that part. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, so that, that hugely sort of complex area for most people, to get that. That, that narrative across that Bitcoin actually isn't just bad for the environment. Now, I do think there was a time when that was probably mostly true, particularly when China was mining. Uh, in the wet season, it was obviously mostly hydro, but outside of that, it, there was a lot of coal burning going on. And actually in some other parts of the world, there are coal-fired plants mining Bitcoin, which we definitely don't like. Yeah. But, you know, anyone can join it. You can do it like. But that is kind of the old story. And that is changing. That is becoming a lower and lower percentage all the time because the best, cheapest energy is actually renewable energy. And, of course, you know, Bitcoin mining farms can be situated anywhere, uh, which is another big advantage. It's the only industry that can do that. And it's obviously also the only industry that can be switched on and off. Yeah. You can't do that with 
hospitals, yeah. aluminium smelters. In fact, there's literally what they do I've never been grid, able to it? think. Yeah, that's exactly. Mm. And that means you can over invest in renewable energy because there's always this issue with renewable solar or wind. It's unstable. So that creates a bit of a barrier. You can break that barrier down by saying, well, if you've got a guaranteed customer who's always going to be drawing power at a certain level, yep. you can overproduce, they'll absorb that power. But when the grid needs that power, you can reduce or shut down those operations literally instantly. Yeah. Um, yep. So that means that gives you a lot of uh, you know, uh, control over the grid. Uh, so that's a real uh, uh, advantage. And of course, when you look at the data, how much power we actually waste, it is enormous. I know. And that's I, to do I, with how we transmit it. I only, I just sorry to interject. It's just that as you're speaking, things come to mind. And, and I remember hearing, I, I didn't understand any of this, but now people don't understand that the grid's got to run to maximum capacity for when there is maximum draw but most of the time there's only a small percentage of that draw and most of it's going to waste am i right in saying that uh, more or less yeah i mean it's it's one of those things until you really sort of spend time understanding it you can't possibly um understand what what is going on here but you see that demand it yeah. changes constantly yeah. which means the input has got to change constantly. So the guys at the power plant are trying to constantly balance that output with the input within a certain range. And it's it's a hell of a job yeah. um, to try and do that. So if you've got this extra sort of, you know, tool in your belt that you can, on a large scale, that you can you can raise or decrease power on, on, a, on, a, on a very substantial level, it, it, is, it is very helpful. But of course, you do need that input as well. Uh, and that allows you to, um, to to go ahead and fund some of these more unstable but renewable projects. So, um, in terms of the narrative, then are we? Are, because it's all about education, isn't it? And there's you know there's no. I hear people say there's no Bitcoin marketing team. So the the marketing is us. Every little bit helps, as Tesco say. You won't know that if you're in the US, but every little helps. <laughs> and our job. You know, obviously, we've now got, you know, people like Dennis Porter and others in the US and they're lobbying, they're lobbying the politicians and stuff. And, you know, even even Jim from the Bitcoin Collective is constantly tweeting at the Scottish politicians, trying to get them to come along and find out more about Bitcoin. So it is us and you guys and everyone doing that. That's the only marketing we've got. So where would you say are we a tipping point? Are we? Only just scratching the surface in terms of this energy FUD? Yeah, I mean, we've it's certainly got quieter. I think it's got quieter in the last couple of years because this seemed to be the thing I was fighting about more than anything else. As soon as you say you're a miner, it's you're a bad person, blah, blah, yep. blah. Now, that has tapered off just from my anecdotal personal experience. So that's That has tapered off. Um, but we do have a long way to go. And actually, something you mentioned uh, about the big oil companies now looking at this, um, this could be a turning point. And this has been going on now for, for at least a couple of years, just on yeah. a small scale, and it's really rapidly growing now. And just to point out to, to your um, to your listeners here, um, this is a major breakthrough because gas flaring, which is, you know, you've seen the picture of the oil rigs and, and you know, and not just oil rigs, particularly there's a lot in Texas and other oil producing areas. Um, natural gas is overproduced. It's, it's, it just comes out the ground when you're um, drilling for oil. And in many cases, it just isn't cost effective to connect yeah. up pipes yeah. or transport it. So the easiest way to get rid of it is burn it off. 
yeah. which is extremely bad for the environment. Um, and uh, you have to get licenses. You can only burn certain amounts. You're only supposed to do it with the safety reasons, but you know that's not always the case. Uh, and as a result of this, sometimes these operations have to shut down. So these companies suddenly realize, wow, you mean we can actually sell this gas to people on site? Listen, mate, you can more or less have it because if it means we can carry on producing, um, we're very happy that this has really started to grow. And of course, um, I mean, the, that, the way that that gas uh, produces something like 30 times, I think that's the number, 30 times more damaging to the environment than it is to put it through as, as a Bitcoin mining operation. So the reduction is very substantial. Yeah. And this is now happening globally. So that's another great example of how this is changing. Now, because these big companies are getting involved, they really are, I think we may start to see that story changing. But I still think we're probably, you know, a good couple of years off that yet. But of course, you can all you can then draw the parallel with slowly, slowly, then suddenly, can't you? Because in anything that catches fire, there's always some kind of a catalyst. And I, I always think I'm, I'm a bit of a deep thinker and I'm, I'm really good at absorbing tons and tons and tons of YouTube conversations with all sorts from James Lavish through to mining and stuff. I can absorb it, but sometimes I can't get it out of here so well. And what I, what I see is when when a big company like ExxonMobil comes out and makes that statement or it's in the newspapers that they're doing something, surely these other companies, they're not just sat on their behinds. All of a sudden, they've got think tanks, they've got, they've got um, meetings, they've got flipping research going on and then there's that lead time isn't there before they will ultimately move in once all that research is done same as sailor was saying you know big companies they can't just come in you know six months nine months so do you feel there is some kind of tail coming from exxon and these others that they're all looking at they have to be looking at them and and researching them they are. And it's not just the big companies as well. And the smaller companies can obviously move uh, quicker. I mean, I have personally had conversations with some of these producers, particularly in um, Texas and, 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 and other areas, but mostly Texas. Yep. And they are aware. They are absolutely aware. And there are discussions going on at board level right now. How do we maximize this? How do we do it? Do we do it ourselves? Yeah. I think most of them realize it's actually better to get a partner involved than, than try and do it yourselves. Um, so it's happening. It's absolutely happening. And it, it's one of the things that is, is, is very exciting. I would say massively. I, 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 the narrative changes, doesn't it? There's the old adage is, you know, you come for the money you come for the number go up and you stay for the revolution and and i jumped into bitcoin to make money but very quickly you start yeah. to get that this thing and i heard it recently mentioned as a once in a species you know opportunity um change whatever you want to call it up there with the printing press and all the rest of it that changed how how the church you know controlled everything and i don't understand all of it but i have gone through a lot of history and tried to get my head around a lot of it but the thing is if you get into the rabbit hole i i keep saying this and people might think i'm i'm mad but it almost like makes you feel 10 years younger it almost feels like you can add another decade to your life because it's just so massively exciting for me you know it's do i want to go and watch tv rubbish or do i want to watch four or five youtube content creators and there is no 
question perhaps i'm boring and you know so i keep saying you need to you know you need to have a balanced life and spend time with your family but for me now it's my wife and i you know and she is in the rabbit hole as well she gets bitcoin she has no problem that it's dropped from 69 to just under 20 and we know that ultimately it will turn and it will go the other way because what goes up must come down and then what comes down ultimately goes back up and you know if you zoom right out it is up and to the right at a steady 30%, isn't it? So I guess that sort of leads me to ask you, what is your view on this decade? And I am referring to Bitcoin. Now, you know, let's talk about what's going on out in the in the world. The macro is just, it's horrific, isn't it? You know, and, you know, we're seeing crazy energy bills and people can't, you know, pay for their bills and they won't be able to buy their food and all that's playing into it. And and again, before you answer, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, Bitcoin's 13 years old, Jason, but when is it had to thrive or nosedive in an environment like we are right now? So how do you see the 20s playing out? Well, I, I mean, that's a, that's a brilliant question. Uh, I mean, most of what I do at quantum economics is 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 on the macro level. Yeah. Um, so uh, I mean, there are great analysts there, and actually, Jan uh, Festival. I can never say his name right. It's a German guy. He's one of the analysts at quantum economics, um, and I recommend you look him up. Go to quantumeconomics.io and follow him because he does some really good on-chain stuff and uh, and sort of chart stuff. But I very much look at the big picture what's happening with the money a lot of the things you've mentioned how is that going to affect things how is yeah. the, the the collapse of the dollar going to affect because we know that's pretty much inevitable now uh i, I don't want a scarier one that's not immediate but this is you know fear. it's definitely happening you're not stopping it. you just don't know when no no exactly um so how would this play out against this backdrop of for the first time in human history we have a truly scarce asset, which is not only truly scarce, it can be accessed by anyone on the planet without permission. I mean, it's an astonishing invention, the more you think about it. Yeah. Uh, so we have no precedent at all for this. Mm. Um, so it's a question of how we think those two things are going to play out. So you can apply some rules of economics so we do know economics 101 the interaction of supply and demand we do know that the bit that we know it categorically we also know that broadly the demand for bitcoin is but all of that is against a backdrop where this asset is still primarily traded as a speculative asset in yep. the Western and developed economies. Agreed. So that's what causes these big sort of increases up and down, because we didn't have that speculative aspect. It would probably be a, you know, a straight line like this. But those pressures are going to be there. And the reality is it will be quite a few years before that speculative pressure is overcome by the kind of natural use of the global adoption. So we've got this, we've got a few more cycles in us yet. Um, before we, we see that settle down, but ultimately we will see it settle down. Now, to answer your question, where are we now? 2022, so we've got eight years left of this decade. 
we will see adoption. Which is a long time. <laughs> it is, particularly with Bitcoin's lifespan. At the, and, yeah. and of course, everything's accelerated the last few years. Yeah. This was happening anyway, but COVID massively changed all of this with mm. the amount of money printing that's been going on and supply line disruption, everything else. It's, it's, we are in uncharted territory, economically speaking. There is no playbook for this. Mm. We're making it up, or I say yeah. governments are making it up. And in some cases, you can't blame them. They've got a tool, right? They can print money comes with some downsides though. Uh, and we're seeing some of that play out. At yeah. the same time, Bitcoin is still very, very young. Uh, and the adoption is still low in relative terms. What we are, a couple of percent now globally. That's that's not a lot uh, no. in terms of a global monetary system. So we have a long time to go. We've only got uh, um, El Salvador, of course, who've adopted and of course, Central African Republic uh, have adopted. Yeah. Uh, there are lots in the pipeline. I think we will see, you know, it will probably go gradually and suddenly with that as well, particularly countries that are dependent on other people's currencies. So that will drive things quickly. The other part of this, of course, is lightning, which has really started to come into its own in the last year or two. Yeah. Because, I mean, you must remember when, when we started trying to spend Bitcoin, what, what was difficult. And actually, my internet cafe in Reading was the first uh, retail outlet in Reading to take I've got, to, I've got to tell you something. I spent my first Bitcoin and bought a coffee at the Bitcoin Adventure. I've never spent oh, did that. You? I've never ah. spent... <laughs> I did, well, no, I did I it on my very... moon wallet. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. I mean, I think that's that's great, actually, because you've done it exactly exactly right. So you've managed to you know keep your... I mean, your I, yourself, there's, this, exactly we, right. there's this other debate, isn't there, about, you know, do we create a circular economy? Do Are we at a position where we should just accumulate as a store of value? And there's, there's, there's some people in one camp, there's some people in another. I actually don't know where I am, if I'm absolutely honest with you. I do, you know, th there's an argument for both sides. So I guess for me, I'm just accumulating until I drop and then my wife can have it and then my our kids can have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a simple but effective strategy, I think. But um, um, look, I mean, for, for me personally, I, um, I do spend Bitcoin. I don't spend much. So I tend to spend lots of small amounts. So like you, uh, Avon, I was buying beers and, and meals with, uh, with using the Lightning Network. If I go somewhere, they do it, say Bitcoin, I will tend to buy something, but they're generally yeah. low value items. And I have uh, a wallet, I've got Moon and a couple of others, which I use um, to transfer you know, a certain amount. And if I'm out and about, I can spend that amount. Yeah. But I'm acquiring all the time, obviously through mining and actually through through direct purchase uh, yeah. as well. I still, I still buy Bitcoin on a rig. Um, so either of those things um, works. You've just got to come up with your own strategy. And it sounds like you've got yours. Well, I think, you know, I always say on my shows, if people go back and watch my shows, I'll say each of us needs a strategy. You've got to have some kind of framework you're working to. Otherwise, you're going to be all over the place. And I know what my strategy is and everyone's going to be different. There was something I was going to say to you. And oh, mid 60s has gone right out of my head now. Is that what really starts <laughs> to happen as we, as we get older? But um, uh. so we, we, were, we were talking about um, where we're at with, with the mining side of it. So let's have a, talk, a conversation about, um, about lightning then and where we're at. Because I remember... Just a couple of years ago, lightning was just, you know, rearing its head, maybe 2018, 2019. I can't remember even. I'm losing track of time. But and I recently noted that a couple of months ago, there's something like 1,800 Bitcoins on the lightning network. And now there's over 4,000. more than that. 
So yep, that's really gathering yep. momentum as well. And and I think it's really important, and maybe you want to say something about this, um, and that is if you don't understand money, people, you won't understand why lightning is really, really important. And the best book I can ever recommend is Nick Bartia's Layered Money because yep. I didn't understand that we have layers of money. And so all Bitcoin, well done, this all one. Bit, yeah. well, not to hand, all Bitcoin is doing is just putting the second layer on, which is the lightning network, which is the payment rails so that you don't have to move Bitcoin on chain, which is slow, which is expensive. So maybe elaborate on that a little bit for the audience as to where Lightning's going, because we were using it at the Bitcoin adventure, you know, a couple of months ago, and it was awesome. It, it, it was awesome. In actual fact, because, um, you know, because we were around the same time we got involved, we remember reading about Lightning. We remember it's in beta, you know, yeah. be careful using it. Um, and you've got to be taken, of course, like, like, uh, uh, like me, I guess, you, you probably steered away from it a bit, thinking, well, I, I'm not really playing with that yet because I'm not technically enough, you know, advanced. To, I played to a lot this. moving it on, you know, from Wallet of Satoshi through to Moon Wallets, stuff yeah. like that, backwards and forwards. My wife and I have practiced it. I've got my grandkids doing it. So, yeah, that's what we've oh, done. Awesome. But I've got a full yeah. node running, but I haven't gone down the route of utilizing Lightning on the full node, if that makes sense. Well, that that would make you a, a, a super user, I think. But uh, I mean, just for for most people, again, you um, you don't need to do, you don't have to no. run nodes, you don't have to do anything like. That. You can just use any of these simple wallets, and they are pretty simple. Um, and I have, you know, like most people, lots of different wallets. I think if you're a beginner, I always recommend Luno as, as a good on-chain wallet. They are absolutely fantastic. You know, I'm involved with them for for that reason because they have a really lovely, simple start. Can I wallet. say something? Yeah. The only reason I would push back on that is because they got a lot of crap coins in there as well. Well, they do have a few, but not many, actually. There's mm. only five or six because yeah. most exchanges do have hundreds of coins. Yeah. Um, but Luno really does. Which is why on, I like Coin on, on Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, I get that as well. Mm. Um, but, um, but they are not. So you still need to move it out of that to use it into a wallet which can use this 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 second second layer yeah. Uh, yeah and only really in the last year i really got brave enough to start playing with it myself but like you'll start using it well this this is incredible this yeah. confirmation time is pretty much instant yeah uh, you know a lot of the early issues now are gone and a lot of the concerns i mean there are people who are still a little bit negative about the light network and its ability to scale massively um I'm skeptical of those claims. Uh, at the moment, the system seems to be working very well from what I'm seeing and, and the data I'm, I'm does, seeing. Yeah. So I'm, I, I've got confidence in it and I'm happy to use it on, on a regular basis. So, mm. um, you know, Lightning is evolving. That is the next big step because for retailers, this is perfect. If I had Lightning back in 18 when I was taking Bitcoin in, in, in the internet cafe, we would have loved that. I mean, we All were those credit card fees you get and stuff. <laughs> well, we, we we did take Bitcoin, but we had to do it on chain, yeah. and it was it was awful. And yeah. actually, when people came in and say, "Oh, I want to pay by Bitcoin," which weren't many, but there were a few, <laughs> um, we were went great. I think, oh god, because <laughs> we got to try and get this transaction completed, you know? No, and, absolutely. Uh, and it was awful. But now there's none of that. So you know, if you own a small business, I would say to anyone who's watching this, if you own a small business. 
even from anything from like those chalets you see, because I've been visiting a lot of those recently, because you always find really interesting businesses there, yeah. um, you know, in, in high tourist area, those sort of things. If you've got something like that, if you've got a bar or a coffee shop, any kind of retail outlet at all, you should be looking at taking Bitcoin now. There's no excuse. It's cheaper, faster, and it is better for you. That's what I'm going to say on that. And people like Coin Corner, you know, Bridge to Bitcoin, these guys, they're out there doing fabulous work with retailers now. So you they should look these guys I was going to say, I've come and help across you. a load yeah. more of Brits, can I say, um, since we went to the Bitcoin adventure. So, you know, that's a byproduct of just going along to this conference. You know, and you start to, you know, I see um, uh, Daniel Prince. I, you must have family out in Suffolk and they're all using their circular economy. Yeah. You've got the Isle of Man going nuts on Bitcoin. Yeah, and crazy. It's, it's yeah, happening yeah. everywhere. And it's, I do, I, I really feel, Jason, it's going to be slowly, slowly, then all at once. I just, I don't know. I just, I feel it. But here's what I also feel. Um, you've been in 2017, same as me. I've been um, running a YouTube channel since uh, April 2018. And this feels very much like now the bear market of 2018 and 2019. And I'm noticing it being a content creator on YouTube. I'm noticing how it's all gone so quiet. It really is. And yet behind the scenes, the innovation is happening up breakneck speed isn't it i can't stress that enough i mean the bear market is when you build that is exactly yes. when you build yes uh, and the people doing the lightning uh, development and, and adoption they're really moving on that but in the mining field i can tell you as well it is the busiest it's probably ever been in terms of projects coming online seeking funding uh, and it's a great time as well because actually market prices and miners have fallen, which they always do in, uh, in in bear markets. So it's actually yep. cheaper to set up these operations as well. So right now is a fabulous building time. So yes, if you're oh, it's all quiet and you know Bitcoin sitting at twenty pound. By the way, I don't care what that price is. Uh, and then once you understand Bitcoin, you you never care about what that price is because that's yeah. not the end goal anyway. Mm. But actually behind the scenes, the development is is as you say happening at breakneck speed. And it is incredible to see and even a real privilege to be even just a small part of. And that's what blows my mind. That's what excites me so much. And you know, it's the fact that every one of us, we've all got our own reasons for being in Bitcoin, but we're all on a common journey. We all are in, on the same journey to making the world a better place and get rid of, rid of getting rid of corrupt governments, making banks honest, however that's going to play out. You know, I don't know how that's all going to look. So it's complicated, very complicated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And there is, you know, I, I've listened to Sailor so much and, you know, People come out with an argument of, well, if so and so 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 good, then why don't they just move across? It's not that simple, is it, Jason? You have got a mining operation, you have got businesses, and you know. And Sailor talks about it is compliance, and lawyers are involved. And oh my lord, it's, you know, if you're a big business, that must you just can't swap, you can't change that easy, can you? No, and there's a lot of accounting issues uh, and and tax issues as well. Uh, it it really is it really is complicated. So look, we got a long way to go with this. But then again, this is another example. I say, just remember, this was the same with the internet because when that first came about, we had no clue. We had no precedent for that. We're thirty years in, and we're still trying to assess 
you know the legal parameters for jurisdiction and and copyright and 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 all these other issues we haven't worked that out yet no. and now we've come with a bitcoin monetary system and now we've thrown that on top as well so look we know it, it, this stuff takes time we um and you've got to develop it but you know one thing i would like to say is remember bitcoin is very different from other coins now you know this but just to reiterate it for everyone else, Bitcoin kind of sits outside in many ways that that jurisdiction of what can be done. This is something I write about a lot, actually, on my, on my medium. Um, but whereas altcoins can and probably will be considered securities, most of, if not all of them at some yeah. stage by, yeah. by different countries. And that comes with different regulatory pressures. So, look, altcoins are extremely speculative. I don't get involved with those. Um, Bitcoin is is where you should be, and that's the one you should understand. If you want to play with alts later, fine. Uh, knock yourself I, out. And I tend but, to agree uh, with uh, you. But really, just stay with Bitcoin is the answer. Yeah, because it's like I always say you can either be a racehorse or a pack horse. And I think Bitcoin is the pack horse. You know, it is slow, it is deliberate, but it doesn't go fast and break things. And, you know, whilst I, I had some Ethereum when I first got in, I thought I'd diversify. I quickly got rid of it and turned it into Bitcoin. Um, and, you know, some say you are mad, you should have hung on to it. No, I, I just, with all my research, with all the podcasts I've been on, you know, with the community, with... You know, everything that seems to be going on with Ethereum that most people have no clue what it is. They don't understand it. You know, with the fact that, you know, going at a proof of stake, we could get into all of that. But that's another. Oh, yeah. You know, I just want to buy and hold. I want to buy and hold the rock. And that is Bitcoin for me. And my channel is about Bitcoin. And I will say to anybody with no disrespect to anyone, if you want to hear about poop coins, crap coins, whatever, my channel is not for you because I mm. am only focused on Bitcoin. Um, I can't believe yeah. where that flipping hour has gone. That is just I know. To two minutes. It feels like we've only just got started, doesn't it? it but um, well, yeah. Do you know what I feel this is like? And I don't know how you feel. It's almost like two people having a conversation in a pub, except there's loads of people tuning in and having to listen to us. It's just a conversation, isn't <laughs> well, that it? That sometimes oh. happens in a pub as well, doesn't it? So, <laughs> <laughs> if it's a good conversation, you want to, you want to well, listen in, right? Maybe, maybe we'll do this again and we'll dig into proof of stake and proof of work and everything else. Who knows? Let's see where we go. But for now... Um, obviously, you know, we said off air that, you know, I like to sort of pull it together after an hour. Um, hand off to the audience a little bit, you know, anything you want them to go and check out where they can follow you. Obviously, your Twitter is in the show notes already. And of course, you've got a lot of it in your bio in, in Twitter. But anything you want to say to, to my audience? Uh, well, probably loads, but I've got to keep it short. So now. Um, but um, I think yours. basically... Uh, basically, look, everything I do, even though I do some of this uh, you know, macro analytical stuff, a lot of what I do is help people get started with Bitcoin. That's kind of my uh, main focus, really, because I remember how difficult that journey was. You, you, it sounds like you, you, you kind of went in a roundabout way from one very short phone call, short, sharp kind of shock approach. It took me a long time. Um, and I really would have appreciated somebody um, helping me. So I've, yeah. I've tried to be that person. Uh, so my a couple, I've written a couple of books. My second one in particular is called How to Explain Bitcoin to Your Mum, wow. uh, which I actually did um, write because I tried to explain to my mum one day. <laughs> uh, and this was 
my mum at the time was, was she mid-70s. Uh, she didn't have a mobile phone or the internet. Actually, still has neither of those, and see the point. And, and actually been telling people that I used to work at Microwave, sort of a soft, <laughs> software company. So you can imagine trying to explain something like Bitcoin to my mum. It didn't go well. So uh, I wrote it. In fact, I've got a copy here. Uh, I, wrote, I wrote this book, How to Explain Bitcoin to Your Mum, so that she could understand it. So Is that it, on Amazon? Is it on it's Amazon? on Amazon, yeah, yeah, and actually, it's some other booksellers as well, but it's usually Amazon that people that get it from. Um, but um, and these days, I'm involved, as you know, I leave for Bitcoin Pioneers, which is a program, a community where we go around and just help people get started, and we do that by giving them ten pounds worth of Bitcoin for a charge, uh, and we also do that by inviting them to uh, a, a webinar, and I run at least one free webinar a month. It's called an Introduction to Bitcoin. And it is designed for people like my mum, right? So if you're a total beginner and you can't even spell Bitcoin and you don't know where to start, this is the perfect place to start is this webinar. If you're an intermediate user, you'll probably learn a few things that you didn't know because we do talk about the financial system, how money works and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and again, I'll give away £10 worth of Bitcoin uh, at that uh, event as well and give you some information of where to go next. Plus, we do a live Q&A at the end. So you can always ask, you know, if there's something that's really bugging you that you just don't get, just ask. If, you, if you've got a link for that webinar, you can DM me. I'll add that into yeah. the show notes. Great. Yeah, that'd be yeah. really good. And um, I've just looked in the yeah. chat and my lovely wife says, ooh, I feel a book purchase coming on. That book looks good. <laughs> so there you go. You've, you've impressed my, my, my other half. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, Jason, it really has been in, an enjoyable conversation. I love talking with all Bitcoiners, but I, I've sort of got this bent along with Bitcoin racing and, you know, the different groups that are out there. And Those guys are great, aren't they? Scotland to drive the UK forward. I think the British... You're going to Scotland, aren't you? Yes, Yes. Yeah, you went to Edinburgh. Yes, I'm going to see you there because I'm coming up there with the Bitcoin well, pioneers we'll, as well. Well, we'll have a coffee and a proper chat instead of a fleeting so. passing each other. <laughs> yeah. But what I would say to all of you, if you are in the UK or near the UK and you couldn't get to Miami, maybe for cost or like me, you weren't going to have anything experimental put into you. So I couldn't leave these shores to be able to go and see these big names coming over from the US. Um, I just could not miss out on that. And I would encourage you all you know they say yeah it's going to cost you a bit but the investment what it will do to you your belief in bitcoin making the world a better place i think will far 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 outweigh the cost so my wife and, and i would have second that yeah uh, yeah most definitely you know i've learned this you know you invest in a course but if you invest and you go with an open mind learning attitude, you always come away where you realize that what you paid was worth a hundredfold as you carry yourself through life. That's that's my that's my view anyway. Uh, Jason, uh, that's it. Listen, stay in the green room. I'm going to do my outro. I've got a really quick quote. I love to finish with quotes and then I'll catch you on the other side. People, um, if I may, there you go. Albert Einstein said. Try not to become a man of success, but rather try to become a man 
of value. And I think that's really what Jason's been alluding to by, you know, trying to teach people, uh, you know, at the very, very grassroots level about what Bitcoin is. You know, you guys that are in the chat that are brand new to all of this, I'll put Jason's webinar link in the show notes as soon as I've got it. Click on it and maybe go to, you know, that webinar and check that out and maybe get a free bit of Bitcoin um, as well. So um, let me bring me back up. That's it, people. I hope you got something from that. I certainly loved it and I'll certainly have Jason back on again and we'll we'll talk more. The Bitcoin space is changing so fast that if I had him back in three months, six months, nine months, we would have so much to talk about. Um, and that's the exciting part about all of this. So that is it. Um, have a great morning, afternoon or evening. Please retweet this. Please pick up the link to the show and send it to five of your friends and tell them to watch this crazy Brit who wants to rant about some crazy magic internet money, whatever it is. But, you know, if we all do that, we can all help in a small way with the overall global adoption of Bitcoin, can't we? Bridge to Bitcoin. Yeah, good to see you in the house. Just quickly checking before we go. Uh, Matty Greenspan, hello to you. UK Bitcoin farmer, my nephew. Good to see you in the house. Um, I've maybe missed someone. Thanks for being here, people. Have a great weekend. I'll be back on Monday with a regular show at 6 p.m. London, 1 p.m. EST in the US. That's it. We're done. I'll leave you with my social media links and that cup of coffee link if you want to buy me a coffee. But like I've said, you don't have to. I don't run the show for that. Um, I'll leave you with them. I'll catch you all on Monday.